Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Dial 678-ESOG now for a solution to your foundation and waterproofing problems. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. Make no mistake about it, I have the greatest job in the world, and I am filled with gratitude each and every day because of the job I get to do. And that's not just hyperbole, and that's not like just some sort of aw shucks attitude. I truly am amazed by how much fun I get to have doing this show, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia each and every day. It's just something that I really love. However, admittedly, not every, you know, no job is perfect. There's always going to be one aspect of any job that you kind of wish was a little different. And today's a little bit of an example of that. I, I have never really loved the recruiting autopsy shows, the show you do when you talk about why someone didn't choose UGA. There's a little bit of a hollowness to all of that. Even if the recruiting news itself wasn't necessarily unanticipated, there is still a little bit of, you know, just kind of just kind of stinks to have to talk about why someone did not choose UGA. The man of the hour in that regard, at least for the moment, is four-star wide receiver Kojo Antwi, who did choose Ohio State on Monday. We said this on Friday's show that, you know, listen, the, the overall expectation was that Antwi was probably not going to UGA, whether it was Ohio State, who he really talked up in a recent interview with DogNation.com, or Texas A&M, who had kind of had a little bit of a familiar tie there because of the fact that his sibling lives in the state of Texas, that one way or another just probably wasn't going to be Georgia, and it seemed like Ohio State had a lot of late momentum in all of this and the Antwi news coming in light even despite the fact that uh in the recent interview that Kojo did with dognation.com our buddy Jeff Sintel he had some really good things to say about Georgia and some good things to say about Georgia's wide receiver coach uh, Cortez Hankton in particular this doesn't matter now Antwi's told uh chosen Ohio State but as a reminder this is what he said about his feelings about Georgia coming off a recent UGA visit really just a few days ago here's Coach Joe Antwee. Biggest plus for Georgia? Um, home state. Um, I think biggest plus is Coach Hankton and, you know, him being real with me and him being, a, you know, a genuine guy and wanting to develop me into, you know, the best where I can be. So he likes Coach, he likes Cortez Hankton, says Hankton was genuine with me in terms of talking about how we could get you know, uh, basically how Georgia could get him to the being the best that he possibly could be. Uh, so he has some nice things to say about Hankton. Mentions the home state vibe. Frankly, I never got the impression that home state pull was all that big of a thing for Kojo Antwi either way. Ultimately, choose Ohio State, a program that a lot of elite receivers has chosen as of late. But it's the person that Antwi mentions there that I think does get interesting from some for some UGA fans of, what is the role that Cortez Hankton plays on all of this? And when you have the kind of high-profile loss like this and kind of an unsettled situation for what Georgia's 2022 recruitment the receiver position looks like after maybe Georgia didn't prioritize that receiver position in much in 20, as much in 2021 as it did some others, and when you see Georgia recruiting at kind of like the top-end elite level almost across the board in almost every position group, sometimes the wide receiver position can seem a little bit like an outlier there. And there is is some I think question of what is Cortez Hankton doing as the receivers coach what is Georgia doing from a program standpoint to populate this roster with elite wide receivers and this is one of those things where even if I start the program by saying I don't always love doing the autopsy of why a recruit chooses a school other than UGA here is one of those moments where I think it's actually kind of important to have this conversation 
because I think it lays out a actual reality that's maybe a little bit different than the perception is around Georgia. The truth is, while Georgia may not be recruiting the wide receiver position as well as it's recruiting some of the position groups, and while Georgia's wide receiver recruiting overall may not appear to be as strong as some of the other top programs in the country, such as Alabama or Ohio State, programs like that, the fact of the matter is Georgia, from a receiving recruitment standpoint, is recruiting way better than it has in the past, and frankly, it may be punching above its weight class right now a little bit with the receiver recruitment, given the fact that Georgia has up to this point now, not really given those prospective receivers a lot to see on the field in terms of how they'll be used at UGA. And yes, there's a way in which what I'm saying can kind of come across as a little bit like excuse making or a little bit of what's the phrase that gets you sometimes sunshine pumping about, you know, where things stand. But but actually, I think the actual truth of all this for Georgia with the receiver recruiting situation is probably a little bit better than it gets portrayed in light of losing another big name guy from your own state. And this person, uh, we're talking about Kojo Antwi here. So let me see if I can lay all this out a, a little bit. Let me see if I can get you to agree with me on this. Let's look for a moment at the last three recruiting cycles, the uh, 2019 class, the 2020 class, and the 2021 class. And if, let's look at top 10 receivers according to the 24-7 sports composite team ranking. That's the parameters to this discussion. The top 10 composite receivers according to the 24-7 sports composite. Now, there have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There have been seven instances over the course of the last three years of a team signing at least two top 10 receivers in that recruiting cycle. Last year, Bama signed three, Oregon signed two. In 2020, Ohio State signed three. 2019, Clemson signed a couple. Oklahoma signed a couple. But do you know that of those seven instances over the course of the last three years when a school has signed two or more top 10 receivers, Georgia's actually done that twice. And that's not nothing. That over the course of the last three recruiting cycles, Georgia has signed a total of four top 10 receivers uh i'm talking about top 10 at their position according to the 24 7 sports composite it's obviously george pickens and dominic blaylock going back to the class of 2019 it's arian smith and marcus rosemey jackson looking at the, at the class of 2020 yes georgia did not sign a top 10 receiver for the class of 2021 but it signed a total of four over the course of the last three years and when you look at those parameters georgia actually fares pretty well with other elite programs that are bringing in that kind of top-end talent at the receiver position. And what makes what Georgia has done in recent years the more impressive is the fact that you have to go back a long time before that to see Georgia signing a top 10 receiver at all. Forget the fact that in 2019-2020, Georgia signed multiple top 10 receivers for both those recruiting classes. Prior to the 2019 season, you have to go all the way back to the 2009 recruiting class to find the last time Georgia brought in a top 10 receiver in the country when it obviously brought in Marlon Brown there for that year. That yes, Georgia wide receiving recruiting, wide receiver recruiting may lag behind the rest of the country a little bit, but actually over the course of the last couple of years, Georgia's done a bunch to close the gap compared to where it was when Kirby first took this job and frankly where the state of that position group recruiting was prior to uh, Kirby Smart getting here. There had been a huge drought of elite receivers, top 10 level receivers. That was not the kind of waters that Georgia was swimming in from a recruiting standpoint, but over the course of the last couple of years, that has started to change. Now, here's what's obviously true that in the years to come, this needs to change even more. And this is where you zero in 
at what's truly at stake for Georgia this year. You can continue to kind of pay attention to the internet and the preseason chatter and all the stuff that's out there in the so-called talking season, and you can continue to see a little bit of skepticism remaining about Georgia's true ability, or maybe it's its true willingness, to transform its offense, to join the rest of college football that not only, when you mentioned the Clemsons, the Ohio States, the Alabamas of the world, LSUs of the world, not only do they bring in elite receivers, but they make them even better while they're on campus. They exploit their talents each and every Saturday. They give them tons of stats, tons of highlight plays, and then they move them on to the first round of the NFL draft. That is something that up to this point in time, Georgia has not done. And there is some skepticism out there about how much Georgia will do that here in the 2021 season. But if it does, if it takes, and let's face it, one of the problems facing Georgia a little bit is of the four top 10 receivers Georgia signed over the course of the last three recruiting cycles three of them have dealt with uh, pretty significant injuries and one Arian Smith has been banged up there a little bit there as well so Georgia's had some injuries with some of the top receivers that it's brought in but even with that this is still a pretty talented receiving situation at Georgia right now overall more talented I would say than anything that Kirby Smart has had from the receiver position since he's been at Georgia in 2016. So now is the time to take what you have and get the most out of them and make household names out of two, three, four of these guys. And if you do, what looks to be a little bit of a gap between Georgia and the other top programs will start to take care of itself when it comes to receiver position. However, overall, just kind of sum all of this up. Yes, there is still work to be done. Yes, Georgia needs to get more out of the receivers that it has so that it can join the very best teams in the country in terms of producing prolific offense and being the kind of destination that that elite receiver recruits want to choose. But let's give a little credit where credit's due to even be in the position that Georgia is in to potentially have a breakout season from its offense. Georgia had to go out and win some recruiting battles that maybe some folks wouldn't have necessarily expected them to win. They've actually brought in more top receiver talent over the course of the last three years than maybe they've been given credit for. It's simply a matter of using that talent, producing with that talent on the field so the next generation of Kojo Antwees or whatever other receiver you want to think about here maybe those receivers are a lot more likely to consider UGA in the very near future. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Glad to have you with us today, no matter how you get to us, live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or on the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960 Ref. Great to be back with our friends on the radio again. Of course, podcast, wherever you find them, the Apple Player, the Google Player, Spotify, WorldFamousDogNation.com. Uh, many of you listen right there on SoundCloud. However you get to us today, big thanks for you being here. Thanks for making it all possible. And, of course, a big thanks to our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia for making the show possible. You know, Engineered Solutions of Georgia, proud partners of UGA, make some fun to do business with. Also, longtime friends of ours here on Dog Nation Daily there as well. So I'm proud of our relationship with them, too. And I'm very confident as well. You know, we've had some rain. We may have some more coming up in the next couple of days with the, uh, you know, the uh, hur- I guess the Hurricane Elsa kind of moving through the uh, Atlantic Ocean a bit. Well, with all of that going on, rain coming in, many of you kind of produce a little bit of anxiety because you see those wet spots show up, garage, crawl space, basement maybe, or you've been noticing for a while those cracks that kind of exist in your foundation in the walls of your house, and you know that could be the sign of a problem, and you're not really sure what to do about that. Well, let me give you some peace of mind here. The first step is so easy because my friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia, the number is very easy to remember. 
Uh, you can simply call them 678-ESOG now. That's 678-ESOG now. And when you do, you'll have a very easy conversation to have with some very, very smart folks. This is a solutions-based company. So the conversation is going to center around a solution to the problem you have. Sometimes it's a simple fix. If it is, they'll just tell you, go to the hardware store and get whatever. Other times, there's more substantial work that needs to be done. But all the more reason you want good, smart people doing that for you. As I said before, my friends at ESOG, too, full-time engineers on staff. So make sure you check them out today, Engineered Solutions of Georgia. As I said before, give them a call, 678-ESOG now. That's 678-ESOG now. You dial that number, that'll get you in touch with uh, Engineered Solutions of Georgia, proud partners of UGA, longtime friends of Dog Nation Daily. Check them out for your foundation, your waterproofing needs. Before we go around the doghouse here in just a moment, let me also take care of a little business here. I told you the last time we had a show which was pre-recorded for Friday, that by the time we spoke again on Tuesday, there was a very good chance that a lot of our Dog Nation Invasion tickets would be sold out. So I have some bad news, good news. I'll do bad news first, and then I'll give you what I think is a very exciting piece of good news. The bad news is that the tailgate-only tickets for those who are already going to be in Charlotte, we have exceeded our capacity on that. We're Still taking a few wait list names on that, but for now, the tailgate-only tickets are sold out. If you want to get in there and be on the wait list, I think you can do that, dognation.com. We may leave a little more wait list room on that, uh, but for the most part, those tailgate-only tickets are sold out. However, here's the good news that the VIP tickets, we actually still have a few of these left. So for the folks who want to be on the bus, leave from Atlanta there on that Saturday, a well-stocked bus, if you get my uh, drift, all the way down to the party going to be taking place rolling down the road, uh, up 85 to a Charlotte. If you want to be a part of that for that, and of course it's still the luxury tailgate once you get to Charlotte, we're all going to spend the night in Charlotte there at a hotel there that night, and of course coming back to Atlanta on that Sunday. No game to it for this this is just the tickets for the event itself in terms of getting to charlotte enjoying the tailgate spending the night that night coming back on the uh, luxury motor coach there the uh, next day so if you want to uh, be a part of all that the good news is is there are still some vip tickets left now my prediction is these are only going to go for a couple of more days and they're going to be gone so please get in there be a part of this i'm going to be on the bus the dog nation folks going to be on the bus we're all going to be rolling down the road together enjoying the party having a great time we've done this over the years and it's always a ton of fun so dognation.com a few vip tickets left for you to be there with us for that that is going to be incredible let me see the uh, graphic on the screen one more time because i want to give a shout out to all the sponsors who've made this so much fun the finished long drink of course uh merriweather and tharp our friends at kroger and rs andrews so please reserve your spot today dog nation invasion to charlotte vip tickets remain so check that out online at dognation.com. All right, I've got John Stinchcomb coming up in just a moment. Before that, I want to go around the doghouse here today, assisted by my friends at AAA, and let's see if we can kind of spin this into a positive uh, light in the wake of four-star wide receiver Kojo Antwi choosing Ohio State on Monday. First of all, there's this. There's a uh, little bit of chatter still involving uh, another a four-star wide receiver. I thought Jeff Sintel had a very interesting story at dognation.com the other day looking at Andre Green Jr., a four-star wide receiver out of Richmond, Virginia. And much the same way, you know, we've heard folks profess this in the past, Green Jr. also sees a nice relationship forming with Georgia here. So if you're looking for kind of a silver lining 
in the awake of someone choosing something other than UGA. Let me read this quote to you from Andre Green Jr. recently with Jeff Sintel at DogNation.com about his feelings on Georgia. He says there was really a lot to like about Georgia, everything from the facilities, the sports staff, the treatment, etc. But the most important thing was the people. Having a great relationship with the coaches and Coach Mark, Coach Hankton, there's that name again, and Coach Munkin was always the most important thing. But meeting their families and having the interaction truly made it feel like family. Once again, that's four-star wide receiver Andre Green Jr. Uh, via Dog Nation there. So the point of this all is, is that you swing and miss on one, you move on to the next. And for Georgia right now, Andre Green Jr. may truly be that next. So that's probably a story worth uh, following. And there's also this worth mentioning as well, that while the month of July kind of starts with a little bit of bad news, not unexpected, but bad news nonetheless, Boy, there is reason to believe that there could be good recruiting news on the horizon for UGA. You start thinking about late in the month of July. We've talked a lot before about Branson Robinson. His commitment date coming up a little bit later on this month. We now know that on that same day, Danny Dennis Sutton, uh, very impressive you know, pass rusher, defensive line, uh, kind of a slash type player on the uh, defensive front. He's also got a commitment date coming up at that same time there as well. Uh, they had a very interesting interaction on Twitter over the weekend. I want to show this to you. So Danny Dennis Sutton says he's making his commitment announcement on July 22nd. Uh, a lot of folks really believing that Dennis Sutton could be trending towards the dogs as of late, which is a fun thing. Branson Robinson, knowing that's his commitment date there as well, says uh, same date, same school. He asked that to Danny Dennis Sutton, and certainly UGA fans like the possibility of that being true. And so a little later on this month, for sure, Georgia fans get a chance to think about a couple of big commitments and won't that be some exciting recruiting momentum for this 2022 class if it does indeed go down that way so really fun stuff all the way around that's around the doghouse here today assisted by my friends at triple a of course when you think about triple a obviously you think about the legendary roadside assistance i know many of you've been traveling over the course of the last couple of days and that's always a great part of all that but i also want you to think about auto insurance when it comes to triple a because those who switch and save with triple a can save on average of $529. It's great savings, great opportunity. Make sure you check that out today. AAA.com slash auto insurance. Once again, that website, AAA.com slash auto insurance. And it's great to have AAA delivering around the doghouse to us here today. All right, before we're done, uh, another piece of news that has not been discussed on this show because it happened prior to us pre-recording the show for Thursday was, I don't know if you say former Georgia defensive back or not, but one time thought to be transferred to Georgia Brandon Turnage upon leaving Alabama. It looked like Turnage might be coming to Georgia. Now it appears that he's going elsewhere. Uh, that is official now. We will deal with that on the program today. Also, for those of you that watch on video, you should know that for Friday's show, I went back and added a portion to the podcast at the very beginning to address the sad news of Mark Rick, the great former Georgia coach, his uh, recent announcement that he's been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. I talked about what Coach Rick meant to me in the uh, podcast edition of the show on Friday. So if you're only a video listener, uh, video viewer, maybe check out Friday's podcast for some of my thoughts in the moment directly related to all of that. I'm also going to give John Stinchcomb a chance to discuss that here coming up in just a moment, too. So we'll do all of that with him. Also, we're rolling out name, image, likeness. That era is upon us. We have some new details from George about what is and is isn't permitted in all of this so we'll just kind of cover it all here busy day great day for you to be with us it's dog nation daily presented by engineered solutions of georgia let's talk to john stinchcomb right now 
Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. It's always a pleasure to speak to John Stinchcomb. Normally for us, it's a Monday. Today, it is a Tuesday. John shared some video with me over the course of his weekend. Great to see he and his family enjoying that holiday weekend as we all try to do. You know, life gets busy. So when you can slow down and spend a little time with those that you uh, enjoy, your family, your friends, everything else, that's what it's really all about here, John. So I'm glad to know that you were having a good time over the weekend. I'm very thankful to have you here as a part of Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia Today. Uh, And I certainly hope you're doing well here on this Tuesday. I'm doing great, and I'm hoping and I'm certain that I'm not alone in having enjoyed a beautiful Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, that's exactly right. I I certainly did there as well, and I trust that our audience did too. And of course, John, as we did do that, I'm sure you're very much like me, continuing to really sincerely pray for Coach Mark Richt and continue to keep him in our minds there as well. I mentioned this a little bit on the show on Friday on the heels of the announcement that Coach Richt is, uh, I guess, dealing with a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. I don't know Coach Richt as well as you do, but he's been an incredibly pivotal figure in my life because, frankly, he's a little bit of a beacon to aspire to. You know, he's one of those guys that you kind of just want to be more like because no one seems to have a better understanding of what true priorities are supposed to be and how to, you know, live your life well in the face of the, you know, the competitive environment that college football is, but also the the the, you know the the dignity that exists beyond that of just being a good dad and a good husband and everything else coach rick seems to have all that figured out so in light of the parkinson's diagnosis for rick you know how much has he been on your mind here as of late well daily once you hear that news um i'm immediately grateful that he's got the perspective that he's got i mean you look at the the very first first quote of when he announced via Twitter, um, and and his perspective is that this is a, a light affliction, as I think the the wording he chose uh, in describing Parkinson's, and it was in comparison to uh, his confirmed future in heaven. Which, you know, anytime you deal with someone who's got that kind of perspective, sure. um, it, it certainly does. I think it helps everyone. I think it helps everyone see that. There's more to this world and more to this life than than just the pains and struggles that we face on on a daily basis. And obviously, Parkinson's is a, a serious disease that um, you know I, I, most notably Michael J. Fox has dealt yeah. with. And you watch the struggles that he's had over the years. And I'm sure Parkinson's has been Googled more uh, yeah. throughout the state of Georgia in the past few four or five days to kind of understand what that impact's going to be on, on Coach Rick. But just knowing that he has the perspective um, that he does and, and what he's taken and what he's presented is comforting for all of us. And uh, also knowing that he's loved by so many yeah. and he's got that uh, support network of folks that um, he's impacted and is, is wanting and willing to step in and help and, and love and care on him. Uh, as he faces the struggles that Parkinson's demands of everyone that it afflicts. Coach Rick has a well-defined, well-crafted persona. There's an image that's conjured up immediately when people like me think of Coach Rick, except you know the person beyond the persona, the actual person. You were you know, spending a lot of time with him as a player for him in your final years there at UGA. 
what about Rick the person is maybe a little different or what's that experience like to be with Rick the person kind of kind of getting beyond the persona that gets established when you're a coach at the same spot in the SEC for 15 years what's Rick the person actually like well what's good is that his authenticity has allowed people to know him without knowing him um what the perception is is that he's a caring selfless man that uh, puts others first and and has the priorities of um, just being a giver and uh, those of us that were fortunate enough to to have personal experiences with him know that to be true and that uh, that authentic authenticity that that you hope for with so many of the you know well-known personas that it's not always the case of what they project to the outside and to the public. Uh, it doesn't always match up to the individual that, that you know on a daily basis. And with Coach Rick, that very much is true. It holds true that uh, his authenticity of, of being selfless and caring for others and having that as a priority, um, that's not fake. And it, it, it's benefited so many. I think when you first heard of, of this diagnosis, um, it was rampant, the number of former players and teammates and coaches and uh, co-workers that came out and uh, were just supportive of him and grateful for the impact that he continues to have on so many. Um, and it just holds true for, for literally everyone. We spoke, Coach Rick and I, had and he, he's re- recently written a, a book on leadership and uh, starting to promote that. And um, there was a couple of stories from, 20 years ago when we were together at the University of Georgia that we were um, trying to scrape off the rust from those crusty memories uh, <laughs> that, that still still hold true when you talk about good leadership. So it, it was fun to kind of bounce, bounce those ideas off one another as you uh, go through some pretty pleasant memories of Georgia back in the day. That's great to hear. I want to change the subject here a little bit. Uh, there's a guy named Seth Emerson who covers UGA recently shared on social media an email that Georgia sent out to some of its fans and boosters regarding the do's and don'ts for the name image likeness era that we're now a part of. It's been rolled out over the course of the last several days. I would say for me thus far, nothing that's come out has been that all that earth shadowing. I, I haven't really seen you know big money you know for anybody as of yet throughout this, but different folks are na- announcing their own things here. It's kind of an interesting thing to see. Uh, Georgia if you're watching a video you can see the email they sent out on the screen i guess john one of the things that's kind of interesting to me about what georgia sent out was in the list of don'ts that one of the things that you're not allowed to do is it says that student athletes cannot sign gear or any other item provided by uga in exchange for any form of compensation that means jerseys cleats gloves etc so i think one of the things that has come out over the years of hey, you know, maybe A.J. Green, what he did years ago, um, you know, maybe that's not such a bad thing anymore. But at least according to, to this on the do's and don'ts front is that still would not be allowed. So, John, I think it's really interesting to watch the way all of us are trying to figure out exactly, you know, you know what this is, what is available, what's not available. And I don't know if you're like me, but I feel like it's going to take us a little while here to determine how exactly all this is going to look in the days, weeks, months, and maybe even years to come. Well, it's not even uniform from state to state right now. Right. I mean, this is a uh, new marketplace for everyone. And luckily, 
Um, I think Georgia has a jump on a lot of places because they've one, one the legislation was in place before the NCAA approved it this past week. Um, but there, uh, Will Waller's the compliance director for Georgia athletes, and they've had numerous um, discussions and, and forums and um, educational opportunities for their student athletes to know the do's and don'ts. And so this, you know, that, that email that went out, um, it's for the rest of us to just try to play catch up and understand, you know, as an alumni, what can I do as a, as a board member? If I'm a booster, what are my opportunities? Um, what are the do's and don'ts? It's important for us to know so we don't jeopardize these student athletes' uh, eligibility. It's not a free-for-all. There are still limitations as to what they can get paid for and what they can't. Now, there's there's a great array and opportunity of um, just forums and platforms and various ways that they can uh, maximize and, and utilize this name, image, likeness um, profitability window that no that did not exist prior to now, but there are still limitations and Oddly enough, you, you look at social media and, and there is a vast misunderstanding of what can and can't be done. And, you know, a former teammate of mine, Reggie Bush, there's a, a big push for him yeah. to uh, get his Heisman back and then yeah. restore some uh, records back at USC just because you, know, you look at it almost comes as cro- across as hypocritical. And, and A.J. Green is no different because – of the suspensions that he faced, but there are still limitations as to, to what these athletes can and can't do. I think it's interesting that the email from Georgia in terms of what can be done says you can reach out to student athletes via social media, phone in person, online marketplace, or their marketing agent, if applicable to inquire about possible NIL deals. I mean, to me, John, when it comes to a lot of this kind of stuff, that's as different as almost anything in terms of the fact that I think in the past programs kind of like the idea of building a pretty substantial firewall in between the average booster and fan and the players themselves trying to limit that contact as much as possible. But the very first line of this email says, no, you can reach out to them now. Obviously that's just, you know, that's, it has to be that way for the NIL stuff to even have a chance of taking shape. But, but if you want to see in black and white print, just how much this has changed. Georgia sending an email to you know its fans and boosters, essentially saying, "Have at it and reach out to these guys and offer the money." That's just a very different world in which we live in now. Isn't it crazy? I mean, they they used to be the gatekeepers, and now they cannot be. You, right. The program can't seek. They can't be the agent for the student athletes, and you know that there are some risks there. There's great opportunity because the the, the marketplace is wide open. Uh, but there, there's some uh, a lot of risk. You're talking about 18, 19-year-old kids that are now uh, doing financial opportunity dealings on their own behalf. Now, some can seek out marketing agents, which you know is a, a, an entirely different ball of right. wax. It comes with its own issues. So, you know, an agent that just so happens to represent NFL players might sign a contract to be the marketing agent solely, obviously not to represent them as players, uh, but to help them with marketing. Now, whether or not that leads to uh, them signing as their sports representatives when that time comes, you know, I, I guess time will tell, B.A., but, you know, 
it's certainly interesting to think about the different ways in which these players can access the marketplace and and those third-party entities that are wanting and willing to help uh, these help help these student athletes uh, garner and harness um, their name name image and likeness into a, a profitable endeavor it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because there's you know it's it's brand new for all of us but um, you know I, I, you correct me where I'm wrong here but I haven't seen anyone hit some new blockbuster deal no. where you go wow that's a that's a real game changer for someone yeah and there's been no big bucks thus far I mean there was a thing about masterpiece on getting you know two million dollars but I have hard time believing that's exactly true but in terms of like the football players that we know about and care about uh i haven't seen any kind of big bucks deal yet i mean listen you know maybe maybe they'll get some maybe it'll be georgia guys i certainly wish them well in all of this but thus far there's been a lot of social media chatter a lot of you know direct advertising type announcements like but like the big brand advertising where the where the big the, the big bucks really come from a lot of like big blue chip type companies we just haven't seen a lot of that as of yet maybe we will see that in the months to come but as of yet there has not been a lot of that thus far hey i want to ask you about something i talked about at the very top of the program involving the georgia wide receiver situation before i do that let me remind folks that normally tuesdays in this show means our kroger fresh take we'll get back to that next tuesday but quick shout out to kroger for now don't forget they've got some great blowout deals for you here this summer still a chance for you to save big on the stuff to make the rest of the summer really fun 50 percent off pool toys patio furniture outdoor decorations and more make sure you check that out your local kroger here today go to kroger.com or just stop by the kroger right there in your neighborhood and enjoy some of that 50 percent off savings on the stuff that makes summer fun that's what you can count on kroger for here this time of year john before i let you go i do want to get a thought from you on the current situation involving georgia wide receivers dogs missed out on four-star kojo antwi over the course of the last day he chooses ohio state instead of uga and for some georgia fans it kind of it serves as a reminder for what georgia's not doing recruiting the wide receiver position and compared to what it is doing with so many other position groups i'll say that georgia's actually recruited the receiver spot maybe a little bit better than it should given its somewhat meager results from the passing game the last few years but clearly for me all of this just puts a big spotlight on the need for georgia to use the receivers that it has get big years out of them and if that takes place, then the Georgia receiver recruiting situation is going to be every bit what Georgia needs for it to be to remain in the national championship discussion. I would say a lot of additional pressure on this offense to perform big and perform well here this year. Do you agree with that? Yes, I think the greatest UGA wide receiver recruiting tool for 2021 hasn't taken place yet, and that's what this season's going to look like um, with so many new faces that, that are going to be counted upon. Uh, Rick Gilbert, some of the young guys, the, the expanded role of Jermaine Burton, uh, who's going to fill the, the, the role of, of George Pickens while he's still recovering from injury. Uh, which one of these young receivers, which were highly touted when they were recruited, um, is going to step in and, and play the, the roles that, that are needed in this, in this offense? because quite honestly you look at it on paper and you have to be fired up that JT Daniels is your quarterback and you're in year two of a Todd Munkin offense. So um, I think it's, it's, it's all uh, promise and at this point, but this offense 
could be very explosive and and highlight these wide receivers in a way that is going to be very attractive to a high school senior trying to figure out what where's a good fit for him to uh, expand his game and utilize those tools that that he possesses to to make a profession out of catching the the, the ball. So um, just get a time for all the dog fans out there that get upset about every recruit that commits in the middle of July. As we've seen time and time again, Georgia does a really impressive job of closing when it matters most. And uh, we've also seen multiple times, George Pickens included, that uh, a great wide receiver can change his mind late in the game yeah. once all the cards are on the table. No, I think that's exactly right. John, it's great to get a chance to talk to you today. I appreciate your thoughts on the dogs here. I'll look forward to speaking to you soon. Hope you had a great week. Have a great week upcoming, and thanks for being here once again on Dog Nation Daily, presented by ESOG. I always enjoy it, B.A. Go dogs. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. One of the things that John brought up there a moment ago in regards to the name, image, likeness stuff and the fact that it's still a little bit different across the states, which is something that I think some of the powers that be in college athletics would still like to kind of level that playing field a little bit and I guess standardize the, the NIL process across the board a bit. One example where it's a little bit different, I saw over the weekend where LSU is going to allow – its players to use the LSU marks, the trademarks, the logos as a part of their advertising. And I can tell you right now, I mean, first of all, in the email that Georgia sent out, the one we shared a moment ago, it specifically says they're not allowed to do that. And, you know, if you ever were, this is kind of in the weeds a little bit. This is, you know, you have to kind of care about the business of all this to, to think that this is interesting probably. But if there was ever going to be a school that would be the last to relinquish their marks for athletes to use, um, to me, it would be Georgia. Georgia's just fairly protective over that. And, you know, if LSU is going to do that, that is a way of being different. I mean, it makes me wonder, like, this doesn't exist in any realm of professional sports. You know, if you see LeBron James doing a Nike commercial, you know, it's – or, you know, commercials like that, it's not like these athletes get a chance to use the, the professional sports logo that the team they play for in their own personal endorsements. That's not typically what's allowed there. Uh, but I guess there's some schools like LSU that says, yeah, go ahead and do that. We'll let you do that. I mean, if I'm a big company that spent big bucks with a school like LSU to get access to those trademarks and all of a sudden now an athlete for, you know, relatively speaking, comparatively speaking, pennies uh, gets a chance to use the same logos and trademarks, I'm pretty upset, and I feel like the value of my investment in LSU athletics is probably not what it once was, but that's one of those things that will kind of figure itself out in the uh, time to come. Interesting, though, as John said, look at the ways in which different schools are just sort of taking different tax in all of this, and we'll see who the first athlete to truly cash in in a really big way is going to be. We'll continue to follow that and see how all that plays out. SEC through time. We'll roll through a lot of the news on the SEC. I also really quickly want to give a shout-out to my friends at Meriwether and Tharp here, your source for Georgia Divorce. You can find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. They will walk step-by-step step with you through what can be a really challenging process. The divorce process, scary and confusing, never fun to talk about. But if you're going through it, I can say emphatically, you need to have a strong advocate, a fighter for you, a counselor for you, someone that can help explain the way the law impacts you. That's what Meriwether and Tharp does. Find them online, uh, theatlantadivorceteam.com. They're your source for Georgia divorce. You can find them today. So some news that's been out there for a couple of days since the last time we had a show is the fact that Brandon Turnage, 
who we thought might be coming to Georgia upon leaving Alabama, and I guess reportedly was in Athens for a while, but eventually kind of went his own way there and is now committed to the University of Tennessee, Tennessee making that official there. And frankly, I don't have too much to say about this other than if Turnage was concerned about depth chart and playing time and things like that, and listen, that may be one of the things that led him to leave Alabama. It may be one of the things that caused him to rethink his situation in Georgia after Darian Kendrick came in. And as I've said before, I mean, it's not obvious to me, and I don't say this to disparage Turnage, who I think is still a really good prospect, but he's a very similar prospect to guys that Georgia already has. Guys like Jalen Kimber, you know, Keely Ringo. I mean, it wasn't obvious to me that Turnage would stand head and shoulders above those guys even before Darian Kendrick came in. But obviously, the presence of Darian Kendrick seemed to be uncomfortable for Turnage, so he moves on to Tennessee. If you're looking for immediate playing time, Tennessee has got it in bushels. They got it by the uh, barrel full right now, so that may be the best place for him to be all the way around. As I said before, there's a chance that Turnage still becomes a good player. This was a, you know, guy out of Oxford, Mississippi. That's his hometown. You know, had a lot of SEC interest before choosing Alabama. Went to Alabama. Hasn't quite found his way on the field there yet. A lot of folks don't in a place like Tuscaloosa. But I don't think there's any doubt that Turnage is an SEC-level player. It's just a matter of where. It now appears that where is going to be Tennessee. Uh, also on the recruiting front, South Carolina, who continues to be one of the more active programs here as of late, taking a bunch of commitments. They're not all highly rated, but it seems like Shane Beamer is active on Twitter right now, celebrating commits as really anyone. They do get a big one from the state of Georgia, though. Emory Floyd, good-looking defensive back prospect, he's announced his commitment here to uh, South Carolina. So the Gamecocks getting in there, getting involved, and uh, doing some big things. And uh, honestly, it's kind of interesting to see with a lot of first-year coaches in the SEC. You know, Josh Heupel there at Tennessee, Brian Harson at Auburn. Uh, Clark Lee at Vanderbilt, to the extent you care about that at all. Shane Beamer, of course, in South Carolina. There's not room for everybody to have success, and there's not enough resources, quality assistance, key players, top recruits. There's never going to be enough to go around, and so it's a matter of who can get their unfair share the quickest. At least on the recruiting trail for the moment, uh, Shane Beamer, the Gamecocks, trying to be uh, pretty aggressive, and at least in the person of Emory Floyd, that pays off. We'll make that your SEC through. Uh, very quickly here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia, I want to share something that I think is really fun. You're talking about the dream, the culmination of all kinds of hard work, and you see it pay off for Eric Stokes, who the story's now been told so much, You know, comes to Georgia as an unheralded recruit, a little-known signee from the class of 2017, undersized by almost anyone's estimation maybe at the time and yet once he gets a chance to play starting in 2018 over the course of the next couple of years demonstrates himself to be a top flight player goes on to be a first round pick in the NFL draft and obviously with that comes the financial rewards that are justified after uh and earned and 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 well earned after years and years and years of hard work and for so many of the guys that that go through that they want to take care of those that have helped take care of them and help get them to that spot this is a great thing to see on stokes instagram um he says since i've been 14 years old i promised my grandmama i'd get her out of the uh, projects where she's lived for over 30 years and uh, video being shared here. Do we have some audio on this, or is this just video only? This is just video only. So for those of you watching, you see Stokes on his Instagram 
uh, sharing this. Uh, his grandmother finds out this is going to be her house. It is a beautiful home, and it's so nice to see Stokes and those that he loves there to share that hug and that time with his grandmother. I- I'm telling you what, what, right here now, y'all. This is what this is what it's all about. This is this is one of the reasons why that you know we love the idea in this country of sports being such a big deal because it's these kinds of family stories, you know, guys like Stokes showing how much family means to him and how much a good home for those that have helped him have a, a loving home growing up and giving himself a chance to cash in on his football dream. That is, that is good stuff to see. When I post the show later on today at dognation.com, I'll put a link to Stokes Instagram. It's obviously easy for you to find there as well but i'll put a link to this video this is the kind of thing that everybody should see that everybody should enjoy eric stokes doing uh, doing very very well by his uh, grandmother there and and showing some love to her that is a great thing to be able to see congratulations to eric on a great career at georgia uh, upcoming terrific career in the nfl and uh certainly uh, uh showing some love to his family which is something we love to be able to see there so really wonderful stuff. That's that's just incredible. Uh, very, very nice. Uh, let's finish the show the way we do. Gatorade or roll call. Let's uh, go through and do a couple of uh, golden shoes here today. I think I have a couple to give out. Let me start with our buddy Seth Stokes here. For, I should say Seth Rhodes for a moment. Uh, who says that uh, at Dog Nation Daily, I, I, I did find something a Georgia fan and a Florida fan can agree on. He says it's the finished long drink. So you see Seth Rhodes there uh, with a Florida fan next to him. They're both enjoying. I see the long drink cranberry. I see the, the, the original uh, the long drink with the citrus. Uh, really good to see some finished long drink. Uh, bringing the uh, two factions together, Georgia fans and Florida fans. That's really good stuff from Seth Rhodes. Seth will make you a golden shoe winner for today. Also, this is a fun thing in honor of the american revolution and our nation's birthday from yesterday how about george washington doing a stole cone a stole stone cold stunner matt dog 80 says this is how i think dog nation daily imagined the american revolution you better believe matt that's good stuff all the way around how about gator hater countdown 116 days from now dog gets some revenge over the gators we'll look forward to talking to you again tomorrow it's dog nation daily presented by engineered solutions of georgia we shall see you then and on the podcast, time now for the R.S. Andrews podcast to cool down. Good to be back taking comments with you after missing Friday's show, or at least pre-recording Friday's show due to the uh, holiday and the fact we had folks traveling that normally work on the program. But it's good to be able to do these today. Don't forget, you can hit me up on Twitter at DogNationDaily or drop a line. In the comment section, we post the show at the WorldFamousDogNation.com to be a part of the discussion. I want to read a few comments today that came in after the commitment of Kojo Antwee to Ohio State, kind of give you a little bit of a reflection of what Georgia fans are saying about all this. Navy Dog writing into the story that Jeff posted at dognation.com to say, you never know about these young men. I thought he, I thought Kojo was uh, really high on UGA just recently. I will say, though, that even in the story that Jeff wrote at dognation.com where Antwee said some nice things about UGA, he actually said very complimentary things about Brian Hartline and Ohio State, even in that interview, that – even in that discussion, while you know, kind of saying some nice things about UGA, uh, definitely talked up the bond that he formed at Ohio State and his feelings about Heartline. So he was actually pretty open about that even back then. Uh, Tommy Lee pointing out this is another player leaving the state of Georgia to go somewhere else. And yeah, for all of Georgia's recruiting dominance, you know, sometimes when it comes to those elite prospects, especially in the Atlanta area, that's not a place in which Georgia kind of bats a thousand here. But there are of course still plenty of good opportunities left for georgia in that 2022 class uh, dog for life also weighing in on this 
<laughs> talking about Ohio State losing the college football playoff. So there's clearly no love lost for Georgia fans when it comes to Ohio State. Judge Dog 31 says maybe he'll change his mind um, if this year Georgia shows him something. And that's always a possibility. As John Stinchcomb pointed out in today's show, it was actually very late in the process that Georgia eventually won when it came to George Pickens with. So there's always a possibility of that there as well. Dog365 weighing in to say it's my opinion that a commitment that hangs heavily on a position coach rather than the school has proven to be a mistake more often than not. That's interesting. Heartline is an Ohio State guy. He's been there for a while, and this is one of the things that Ohio State really uses to its advantage. Heartline recruiting receivers, Larry Johnson recruiting defensive linemen, that Ohio State as a program is thought to have good position coaches and developers of talent. That's an area in which the Ohio State brand is actually probably pretty strong. But the overall point of you know sometimes you can be left disappointed when you commit to a position coach guys is i would say it's fairly well established uh bubba bill weighing in to say this is a real disappointment I'm impressed with his self-confidence and sad he picked the buckeyes i'm kind of surprised because at number 16 he is the second lowest or uh ranked ohio state wide receiver out of seven over the past two recruiting cycles yeah i mean ohio state has really really recruited the receiver position very strong so much so that there are guys like julian fleming and others who haven't even been able to play yet as much as they want to it's one of the reasons why jameson williams left ohio state to go to alabama is because of just how stacked that receiving room was it was pretty controversial in columbus when chris olave who's on paper at least the best receiver for ohio state returning here this year when Olave made the decision to return to Ohio State as opposed to going to the NFL draft, I think that was one of those things that kind of got a lot of people's attention. And for a lot of those Ohio State receivers who were waiting in the wings of their chance to play, the return of Olave obviously made that more difficult. So it is true that one of the challenges that faces Ohio State is just the ability to get everyone the football that wants it. But obviously that's something that in the age of the transfer portal all programs are dealing with. The bottom line, as we said during the regular show today, the Georgia overall actually may be doing a little better with its wide receiver recruitment than some realize, but to do the best of all, as well as the programs like Ohio State, maybe Alabama are doing, it's a matter of getting the most out of these guys on the field, something that Georgia clearly will be looking to do here this upcoming season. Thanks for being here as a part of our R.S. Andrews Cooldown. Make sure you find R.S. Andrews online at rsandrews.com for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electric needs. They'll show up on time. They'll do the work that's promised, the price that's promised for that tired AC unit that may not be able to make it through the rest of the summer that's still on its way. R.S. Andrews can get you fixed up good on that. They'll get you tuned back up to factory fresh specs. It only costs $99. You can find out more about that online at rsandrews.com. Y'all have a great day. I'll see you back here tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. I look forward to talking to you then, everybody.